Makers, but it's not the kind of podcast episode you're used to. You've heard of micro-dosing, right? Now you're going to try micro... Wait, hold on. Fuck me. I had a whole funny thing. What's it called? Microdosing? When yeah. you take a little bit yeah, of LSD. Yeah. Because you're just a kindergartner and you just need to open your mind. No. That's called microdosing. I don't think it's because you're a kindergartner. I just, I think it's because you want to spread it over a long time. I don't this know. This is what everyone in Silicon Valley does, right? They all microdose various drugs. Yeah. Me soon, I hope. Right. You're very into microdosing on the on a hypothetical conceptual. You, you're, you're a, you conceptual dose drugs where- <laughs> That's right. You, you get high on the concept of taking drugs. That's, That's right. Concept dosing. Microdosing. What was I going to say? Micro, micro. Microdosing on the podcast. Yeah, but I had a whole, it was going to be like a whole thing. Episode. Oh, microsoding. Because it's like episode, microdose. Dose is an anagram of sode. And we were going to make this kind of a short episode. So this is microsoding. You're going to microsode this EPM installment. Gosh, that's great, right? Yes. Do you ever wonder, John, what it's like for me to have such a wonderful way with words? Do you ever look at me and I, you're just I, like, oh my god. I know gosh. you're joking right now, but I do. Shakespeare's, you do Shakespeare's have a wonderful... best friend never had it so good. I'm serious. The way I have with words, I tell you, man, two, two paths diverged in a wood, and I took the one that had all the funky words on it, and it made all the difference. Robert Frost. <laughs> This was all just an incredibly smooth and chill way of saying that this is going to be kind of a short episode. And then at the end of this episode, we even have an announcement about what to expect in the coming weeks of election profit makers. Suffice to say that things are in a state of abs- not disarray, but absolute chaos. My name's the fake. Let's um, leave that for now and, and get on to the, um, the business of making the sausage. My name is Head Butcher Kid Minus, the original sausage grinder, and I'm joined on the line by Long John Intestine Silver. Hey. How are you? Long John Intestine. I didn't get that one. Well, because of butchers. You know how they fuck oh, around yeah. with intestines, yeah, you know? Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Hey. Hey. John, what's the first uh, thing we were going to talk about on this episode of our podcast? Well, we, I I think we should you know thank all of the people in Connecticut for organizing and for coming to the show. EPM Live in Connecticut, Wesleyan University in the music in the wonderful music library. I mean, it was beautiful. It it was a beautiful campus. the 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 venue was incredible. The town was really cool. The weather was awesome. Um, I did get a migraine a couple of hours before the show, so the health wasn't great, but we were able to nip that in the bud and put on a show that I think was decent. I think it was more than decent. And and then all the listeners that came are the smartest, coolest people on earth. They're so smart and cool that they're kind of intimidating. You got a little insecure when you would talk to the listeners at the meetup afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, they're just incredible, and that was so cool. People came from Toronto, mm-hmm. Canada, Toledo, Ohio, and Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minnesota, Brooklyn, New York. Thousands. Beacon, New York, Hudson River Valley. And by my calculations, we're talking at least 
5,600 square miles of people traveling. Oh, to the ley lines. The, Can you imagine the, the ley lines that intersected in the music library at Wesleyan University on the yeah on the event of the election profit makers doing their thing? Because that is a lot of miles. Uh, thanks again to everybody who came. We had so much fun. If you are in charge of the resources of a public university or private liberal arts college, and you want to bring the election profit makers to your august institution, your hallowed halls, hallowed halls, reach out to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Election profit makers, your choice for discourse of a higher caliber with a little bit of fun thrown into the mix. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and special shout out to Jacqueline, who was the, oh, right. the, the original inspiration, her email, um, talking about us potentially coming to Connecticut, whether she was serious or not. We came and um, it was good to see her briefly at the, at the end of the show. Thank, Thank you, you for so being much. a visionary, Jacqueline. Yes. You alone had the foresight and creative mind to imagine what would happen if a podcast came to Connecticut. And lo and behold, it was done. And verily, there was much rejoicing and much Mersbau playing through the PA system at the uh, music library in celebration. A joyful noise was made. So thanks to everybody. Yes. John, do you want to talk about this? Um, you got obsessed with some plane that disappeared. I could not follow this story. The Chinese made a plane no. in South Carolina go into a swamp or something? No, I don't know. Maybe. And the reason why it's a maybe is because after this happened, the the uh, Navy or the Air Force or some military institution decided to have a complete stand down of all of these aircraft for two days to go over some software or maybe some sort of procedures because they've had a number of mishaps lately. So I don't know if they maybe keeping something from us. But basically, the bottom line is that somebody took off from Joint Base Charleston in an F-35B and uh, had a little mishap and had to bail out. And then the you plane mean took off. You go into ejector seat mode, the most exciting thing when you're a kid? Did he eject- yes. He, went, he, he, used, he or she used their ejector seat? They did. Um, and the uh. plane was then took off in autopilot. And because it's a stealth airplane... It was not able to be tracked uh, via radar. Oh my gosh! And it, it did. It had a transponder that wasn't working, so that was bad. And uh, it took uh, over twenty four hours for them to find it, and they found it, uh, you know, in a rural field um, in Williamsburg County, South Carolina, not far from where I thought it might be. But actually, oh, really? Where did you think it might be? I thought it was going to be somewhere in the Great PD. Uh, river basin or the Lumber River Basin. And These are was, river basins in South Carolina? That's right. Okay. That's right. The Lumber River Basin actually runs through North Carolina as well. Uh, and I just figured that it probably got swallowed up in some swampy area, and that's why they couldn't find it. Oh. Um, it got swallowed up in some pine trees. The image of a fighter jet swallowed up in a swampy... That's like... Mm. That's a good image. Like something from Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because remember when Luke Skywalker goes to yeah. meet Yoda, his teacher, and then his X-Wing... Fi- or does he crash land on that planet or does he mean to go to that planet? Yoda lives on like a swamp planet called... Swampville. Uh, it's. I think it's called Swampville, but I think the locals have a different name for it. What is that called? Hold on. Mm. 
Roll call of the Star Wars planets. Shall we begin Tatooine? That's where Luke Skywalker was born. Endor, that's where the Ewoks fuck shit up. Those little Antifa teddy bears. Then we've got um, Cloud City, where Lando Calrissian runs the Man. show. And then... I didn't know you were a Star Wars file. Uh, Andor is where Princess Leia is from, I think. Or no, that's... Oh, John, it's falling apart. What's this? Dagobah. What's Dagobah? Hoth. Hoth is the ice planet where Han Solo cuts open that creature and stuffs um, Luke Skywalker inside to stay warm. Right. And then I think Dagobah is where Yoda lives. Dagobah is like the Okefenokee Swamp. You know, it's interesting. When you think about the comic strip Pogo... That satirical po- comic strip by Walt Kelly, and that's Pogo and all his friends, like Albert the Alligator. They all live in the Okefenokee Swamp and make jokes about McCarthyism. <laughs> it's really crazy comic strip. Yeah, that's kind of where Yoda. I'm surprised Yoda doesn't waddle into one of those into one of those strips because <laughs> Yoda kind of lives in the Okefenokee Swamp. I wonder if Yoda knows Albert the Alligator. Wouldn't that be something? Or that yeah. turtle? Anyway. Yeah. What was that turtle's name? Oh God. Timmy? Yeah, it was Timmy the Turtle. <laughs> it probably was. Anyway, we were talking about Yoda because I was imagining that that fighter jet was in a swamp. So that justifies right. the last three minutes of rambling. So I was jealous that this happened. South Carolina, of course, had all the excitement earlier this year with the uh, Chinese spy balloon or weather, weather balloon. balloon. Uh, and then it was able to get shot down over Myrtle Beach. So this happened right in that same area. South Carolina is South where Carolina. it's happening. It is. There must be some amazing ley lines that intersect South Carolina. It must be halfway between the the freaking druids of Stonehenge and the and the Blarney Stones of the Irish. Kiss me, right. I'm Irish, you know? Yeah. It must be a real hot zone for supernatural or, you know, events of, of black magic. Alistair Crowley. Yeah. He said, the one rule is that you must wear a funky robe at all times and have sex with whomever you please. It's called magic with a K. You've never seen anything like it. Next topic. Hey, Carolina football had a game. God, that's right. We watched. You were watching on the flight home. <laughs> yeah, from Connect- I watched it from on the flight. Uh, yeah, on the way home. I love Delta. You go watch football. And uh, Carolina played Minnesota at beautiful Keenan Stadium and beat them thirty-one to thirteen. Very exciting. Moved up in the poll. Carolina is now three and zero. Interestingly. This is deja vu from last year. But right now, the five blue bloods in basketball, if you don't know who they are, UCLA, UNC, Kentucky, Duke, and Kansas, they're all 3-0 and in football. And they were all 3-0 and in football last year as well. Huh. The last time before these previous two years that that had happened was 1936. So Carolina takes on Pitt on Saturday at 8 p.m. in at Krischer Stadium. It used to be Heinz Field or something in Pittsburgh. And I think Carolina will win that by a field goal to go to 4-0 for the first time since 1997. Could it actually happen? It No, it, it's not going to happen, but I'm going to predict it. I'm going to predict it. But but my, you know, my heart is saying there's no way that that's going to happen. But my head is saying- No, no, no. no. Never listen to your head. Always okay. listen to your heart. All right. Well, Pitt, Pitt's going to win if we go by my heart. Okay. Okay. Do you do you want to play play the fight song? Oh my! I can't. My slide my slide whistles in my suitcase in the other room. Okay. <laughs> it's too, okay. It's too far away. Thank you. All right. though. All Thank right. you.
Oh my God! Remember when the when Aaron Biddle, the uh, music librarian at Wesleyan, he ended he ended our event by playing his beautiful concertina and he and invited me to duet with my slide whistle. Have you? That was like the most Irish thing that's ever happened. Yeah, what a finish! Oh my gosh, we were like the Dropkick Murphys or something. Like we were so Irish. You know, Scorsese's going to use that wonderful jig or whatever we were playing in his next montage where fucking Robert De Niro's putting on cufflinks or whatever the fuck happens in these goddamn Martin Scorsese movies that all run together in my mind. Oh my god. Anyway, we also got a dispatch from a Florida football fan. Let's listen to that now, listeners. All right, here's the deal. Windows are down. I'm driving to St. Augustine for the Satchel's Kitchen Beach weekend. And uh, let me tell you something about the Gators, Florida Gators. This is uh, kind of a young team, second-year coach. Had a losing season last year. Gator fans have been pretty down and out. A lot of people not sure about this new coach. We're unranked. Lost our first game this year in Utah. And uh, this week up against Tennessee in the Swamp. That's our stadium. Tennessee's ranked number 11 this year. They got a pretty good team. Everybody's calling Tennessee to win, of course. Let me tell you something else. Tennessee hasn't won in the swamp since 2003. I think it's been nine times they've lost in the swamp. It's a hostile environment. And our team is fired up. They want to win. Well, guess what? Tennessee fans, I saw them all day at the restaurant. I think we have more Tennessee fans than Gator fans. I think every Tennessee fan came down from Tennessee because they said, this is our year. We've lost nine time straight down here since 2003 for a 20 year span and we are going to go down to the swamp this year and we are going to win they were all excited they were spending money on pizza well we whomped them gators whomped them in the swamp them you know what i'm saying and uh it got to the point where i was feeling bad for tennessee honestly i felt bad for them Go Gators! This special report brought to you by Satchel Speed to Lightning South Enterprises, Gainesville, Florida. In political news, uh, in Veep Watch, we had a situation where the governor of South De- De- Dakota, Gnome, I think we talked about her last week. She is uh, reportedly having an affair with Corey Lewandowski. She is married. Oh boy. Uh and that is relevant because that could affect the public's perception of her and believe it or not. This was reported on Thursday, the day that we had this show in Connecticut. Listen to the numbers. The day before I actually shorted her. At 80, Whoa, she was trading at, you. at 20 cents, almost near her high. I looked back and, and, and about a week earlier, she hit 23 cents. Good for you. And the next day she collapsed. She has since recovered. Yes, shares are trading at 16 right now, but I am, you know, I'm, I think I bought 300 shares or so. So I'm up like 15 bucks just on her alone. John is back in the game, folks. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. I had no inside information. If anyone is watching and, you know, they wanted to report me to the SEC. But remember, inside information is not illegal when you are doing prediction markets. That's so right. 
if I did have inside information, it would not be a problem. Yeah, just ask uh, what's his name, Sean McElway. Remember that? Who was that? Yeah, that bright young, bright young, shiny thing who had his polling operation, and then he got in trouble because he was also betting on predicted, and sometimes <laughs> he was betting against the candidates he was polling for. That's brilliant. And he was friends with um, Sam Bankman Fried. Do you remember yeah. all that? That was was that this year? All that shit. Yeah. And fucking effective altruism. Remember all that horse shit? People were talking about, we need to all become billionaires so we can focus on protecting Earth from robots or whatever. Like, yeah, it turns out those guys were really shady. Did you see there was this article in Coindesk shit, shady? yesterday that his dad, who was working for the company, was making $200,000 uh, as a salary and decided that that wasn't enough and shook down his son by sicking his wife. What? on him and saying, I need to, to make at least a million. You're talking about SBF? Yeah. Yeah. SBF's dad. Effective altruism. Yeah. That's such a good, that just feels like <laughs> something like they would sell family. at GNC at the mall, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> effective altruism, pure whey protein, place tablet directly under eyelid before helping others. Effective altruism. This is not your grandfather's altruism. Are you ready to do something good for others that is truly effective? Then become as rich as possible and fly around to a bunch of conferences and invest in crypto. And then just start a foundation that's supposed to keep computers from beating us up. It's effective altruism. Sean, I gotta tell you, man, the older I get, the crazier the world seems. Oh my God. All right, so uh, Nome is uh, Nome is having the time of her life, living her best life with Corey Lewandowski and her husband. Mm-hmm. The, and you have profited accordingly. Mm-hmm. We got Lauren Boebert going buck wild at a Beetlejuice musical. I didn't know that Beetlejuice had a musical, but apparently she was like vaping and making out at this thing and then pulled a Do You Know Who I Am, which is... I didn't know those things. I didn't know you could still pull that off in the 21st century. Well, she didn't pull it off. They 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 asked her to leave. They forced her out. But I mean, if you look at the video of this thing, yeah, they're making out and groping each other, which um, I don't know. You know, it was in the dark. Maybe nobody could see that. But the fact that she had her phone set where it was flashing every time she would get a text and then she would pull that up, that's really distracting. And also vaping. What? She was vaping in the theater. So- she spoke to TMZ yesterday, which I'm sure wasn't set up ahead of time, and says that, uh, you know, she's no longer going to date this guy and next time she'll check his party affiliation. So apparently it was all a giant setup by the Democrats. Oh, the, what, so the guy she was with is apparently is a registered Democrat. So this was a honeypot operation. This right. is some reverse Matahari stuff where That's they got right. a Democrat to date her so that he would he would cajole or seduce her into behaving poorly at the Beetlejuice musical so as to further dim her political fortunes. Because she's already kind of struggling in her reelection bid. Isn't that right? She only won right. by like 600 votes, right? That is correct. Well, maybe Corey Lewandowski and Lauren Boebert could become Beetlejuice buddies. You know, he does have a certain type mm. and she might be it didn't she didn't he date uh who was trump's um do you know who i'm talking about no the the the, the model that was in trump's uh his wife melania former no. first lady no hope hicks 
Hobix. There you go. Oh, See, really? Is that yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Lewandowski dated her as well. Was so. Hobix Donald Trump's chief of staff? I th- <laughs> she had like a big job. Was she? she? No, was she I don't think she was secretary? a chief of staff. I don't Deputy know. Deputy press secretary? Anyway. Maybe something like that. Yeah. You know, Beetlejuice would actually be a good euphemism for vape. Because isn't vape um, liquid? I don't know. I would call that Beetlejuice if I was a teenager. There are any teenagers listening? Next time your friends say, hey, man, do you want to hit off my vape before we go to algebra? Say, no, man, I don't mess around with that Beetlejuice. Say that and and watch the respect that you'll get. You'll be the new king or queen of the high school. So they need to add Boebert to the vice presidential list so I can short her. John, last week we talked about UVM, the University of Vermont, and we both wondered aloud what that M was doing at the end of the initialism. I wondered if it was because maybe the University of Vermont was in Montpelier. I couldn't have been more wrong. We got so many emails we on this. We got so many Vermonters getting up in our business. You might as well call us Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream Manufacturing Company because they really were giving us the what for about UVM. Why don't we just pick one of these missives? Okay, read? I'm going to pick this. Scott, he has he has the longest email, so we'll just go. I mean, it's the most comprehensive, all right? So Scott writes in, I'm a recent Vermont transplant and history buff who has lived in Bennington, Vermont for about two years. Immigrants like me are called flatlanders by the locals. In relation to your talk about the University of Vermont in episode 226, the abbreviation UVM is not as David suggested, short for University of Vermont Montpelier. The campus is actually located in Vermont's largest city, Burlington. UVM, as an institution, is central to Burlington's identity, and it's more than 11th. Okay, all right. UVM instead gets its name from a secret official name for the university. This name is from a bastardized and grammatically incorrect Latin written on the official university seal. Univeritas Viridis Montis. Is that how you say it? It doesn't matter because nobody knows how Latin was pronounced because there's no recordings of anyone speaking it. Latin is a language rolling in the dust. First it killed the Romans, now it's killing us. Okay. The university claims that this translates to University of the Green Mountains, but apparently this is an incorrect translation that uses a singular noun for mountain that makes the word mountain not mountains, sounding as if it were referring to one singular mountain instead of the entire mountain range. Most interestingly, though, the name of the entire state shares a similar error, and if it were not for the marketing strategy employed during the colonial era, the name of our flagship university could just as easily been UNC, which may have caused some brand confusion with the University of North Carolina. UNC, how is that? So he writes on for five months from January of 1777 until June of 1777, the state called itself the Republic of New Connecticut, with that name officially appearing when Vermont first declared independence from New York State and therefore the fledgling USA until the name Vermont was officially adopted along with their constitution. The choice of New Connecticut was due to the Connecticut River and the fact that most of the settlers of Vermont were Connecticut farmers who were swindled out of their money when New Hampshire Governor Benning Wentworth sold them deeds to land that he had no authority over. 
Mm. This real estate mogul is also the person my town is named after, he says. I guess at some point, people realized that New Connecticut was a really crazy name, and a committee of elected officials came up with a new name. France was really cool at the time, and Quebec was right next door, so they decided to make a portmanteau out of the French words vert, green, and mont, mountain. However, Vermont as a French language word is again in the singular and is also grammatically incorrect because proper French would both put the adjective after the verb after the verb making the proper French phrase for the green mountains Mont's vert. Anyway, without those failed francophile legislators, Jesus Christ, really UVM could easily have this been known as the other UNC. You know, there are there is another UNC, the University of Northern Colorado. Oh, interesting. Thanks for all that you do. I love okay, the show and even okay, love the ones okay, with welcome. the weird Thank robot voice. Go Goodbye. Tar Heels and go Catamounts. Okay, so this guy is saying that UV that the initials for the university are actually like a motto. Yeah, they 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 they're the Latin phrase. Like it would be if but that's uh, not how initials work. That would be like if it would be like if instead of saying USA for United States of America, we said like E P U, E pluribus unum. Right. It's like what? Huh? What? I mean, this is one of those things where I have to just be like, huh? Like, what? What? I think the fact that it it, it also is very close to Vermont works as well. I suppose so. Well, thank you, Scott, for that. And thanks to everybody who wrote in. Apparently, that is really common knowledge. Yeah, we really stepped in it, huh? Yeah, sorry about that. I guess we still have more to learn about New England, John. Dude, I am going back to Connecticut. I love New England. Oh, yeah, you it's were a, actually pretty hyped about it when we got there. You yeah. were really liking it. And yeah, I do was just I wish we had more time to stay. I want to go down to New Haven and everything. All these things people wanted us to see and I was like they're too far away and then just looking at the map, everything is so close. Just just a small little small little area. Let me read you, John, an email from listener Jonah. Hi, guys. I attended your wonderful live show at Wesleyan University last week, which aligned coincidentally with me visiting my hometown although I would love to say I traveled from England just to see you. I was wondering if John has any takes regarding the Middletown skyline. Its time of importance as a river port and manufacturing center predates the elevator, which has limited its height, but architecturally it's not as boring as it could be. Did you know that the Roman Catholic St. Sebastian's Church is a replica of the church in Malili, Sicily, where much of Middletown's Italian population has its roots? And that population, at one point, more than 40% of the total population, emigrated on the advice of two brothers who toured as a novelty act, one of whom claimed to have three legs. I'll leave that there, he says. Also, Middletown's Main Street is supposedly the widest street with that name in America. Two lanes of traffic each way and perpendicular parking on both sides. That's definitely true because that Main Street is wide as a motherfucker. Yeah, we noticed that right away. Yeah, it takes five minutes to cross the street. Yeah. And that's on a good day. And David, he continues, I was hoping for some more locally specific trivia questions given Wesleyan's connection to the experimental music scene. So I'm going to ask you one. Which piece of medical monitoring equipment did former Wesleyan professor and sometime John Cage collaborator Alvin Lucier utilize in one of his most famous pieces? Strangely, on the Saturday after your event, there was actually a performance of a cage piece on campus. Well, Jonah, I'm happy to say I haven't the 
faintest idea what the fuck you are talking about. I don't know. Just write us back and let me know. All right. No, you know what? I'll use the internet to answer this trivia question. Jonah concludes, I hope you enjoyed your time in my weird hometown. I'm looking forward to hearing about more chance alignments with Paul Revere's house. Keep listening to the numbers. Signing off, Jonah. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Middletown skyline. I mean, you know, any town that's that's small like this isn't going to have much of a skyline. I love the topography. I love the fact that you're looking down at the river. I loved the old bridges. That was incredible. The street is a bit wide. It looks like they are doing some traffic calming in some places, trying to, to narrow it a bit. Uh, so, but... This main skyscraper in Middletown is is oh that are you talking about the thing that we explored? Yeah, the we actually went we went in it. That office building, it's pretty bad. That's got to go. Yeah, I mean, this looks like it was built 1987. I know because we've got a bunch of these buildings in North Carolina as well, and they just look awful. I'm just glad that it was not part of the university or you know the city, you know administration. Um, it looks like it is owned by private enterprise. And um, I would just say, I really don't like that. Yeah. It's not a great look. But everything else is a great look. I would agree. The philosophy building was really beautiful. I oh, the, yeah. That was a mansion that was built by some guy who made his fortune as like a importing stuff from China. And then he had his wife design him or take over the construction of a grand house. And now it's where all the philosophers at Wesleyan go to um, ponder the imponderables. And what is the name of the main street? I think it may be called Main Street. I think it is Main Street. Yeah. It is pretty wide, but it's so much cool stuff on there. We had good lunch. We went to a um, thrift store, which was in a warehouse that normally you would see like really expensive lofts and maybe it will be that someday, but they had so many chairs. Oh my God. The chairs, Middletown. You got to do something about your chairs. You got too many chairs, but you know what chairs are good for, John? Sitting, sitting is the opposite of standing. <laughs> sitting is the opposite of running around. Oh sitting God. is a wonderful thing to do because you're sitting. Sitting is the opposite of standing on your head. Sitting is the opposite of hanging from our barbell. Sitting is a wonderful thing to do. But I got one thing to say that people say that sitting is bad. But actually, sitting is good because it helps you to relax. It's kind of like a nap. It's kind of like something else, but it is sitting. You deserve to sit. Wow. Yeah. I've been falling that you you really infected me in Connecticut with that song. It was like three nights in a row on a loop in my in in the darkness as I tried to fall asleep. It inspired me so much that when we g- did the show, they had a uh, you know benches and or or stools for us, and then David was like, "I'm standing." I said, "I'm sitting." Yeah, that's true. You decided to sit. Is it because of that song? Yes, I'm going to say right. that. I think okay. it was just that I felt more comfortable. John, enough nonsense. Let's end this episode, this microsode. Okay. Okay, so here's the announcement. We have to go on a one-month hiatus, folks. We're going to pause the Patreon for one month. 
Don't expect new episodes. We might throw some random audio things up on your feed. Don't unsubscribe from this podcast. And for God's sake, don't stop hyping this podcast to your friends and loved ones. But I've got a um, little documentary project that I'm shooting in October, and I've got to just do that instead of um, prepping and editing and stuff like that. So we're going to we're going to take our leave for one month. We'll be back in October. However, I might still post stuff because, like, I found all these old audio cassettes of me when I was a kid, like, being a radio DJ and stuff. And I might have to post some of those to the Election Profit Makers feed. I also have found audio tapes of John and me at middle school slumber parties having conversations. Based on the content of those conversations and whether they're appropriate for humans to hear, I might post some snippets of those. So if you get anything from us over the next four weeks, it's going to be something unexpected and atypical. But that's what you've come to expect from the election profit makers. But yeah, we'll uh, I'll figure out how on Patreon to not bill all you guys for the next month because we're not going to be doing the traditional stuff that you people pay for in the door. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk to you in October. I guess that's it. John, should we say the credits for old time's sake? Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon, but not this month. Right. Uh, if you sign up for Patreon, you'll receive some wonderful EPM stickers in the mail, and you'll also get an invite code to our private Discord. You can send your election prediction questions and bird recordings and uh, geo-threads and ley lines and anything else to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Thanks, guys. We'll see you in about one month. Bye.